Uh, it's been a it's been a summer of not a lot of swimming for a lot of people, I would imagine. Right, uh, not a lot of splishing, splashing around. Unless you're Ariel. Unless you're Ariel. Yeah, she goes for a swim all the time, constantly. I would assume. Well, does she know that she has legs? Spoiler. Uh, wow. Jeez. <laughs> um, I'm sure she enjoys getting in the water every now and then. You know she does. Her whole family lives down there. That's true. I wonder if she right, can right? still get down there, though. She can't get oh, down there. All the way far. down underwater and stuff? Yeah. No, they got to come back up and see her. That's yeah. why, like, at the wedding, like, her dad's there. But, right. Right? I bet that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. And he seems to be able to make people have legs anyway, so maybe he can just give himself legs and walk up Temporarily there. and whatnot? Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? I'm just saying, it could work. Huh. Tell totally what I would do. Well, I mean, he he was anti-lake the whole time, so maybe not. Mm. Um, but uh, Ariel doesn't just walk on land now. Now she walks all the way to Broadway. Oh, she's a Broadway star. Well, she was. What? <laughs> she was. A she was star. not not no more. Uh, the Little Mermaid is one of those shows that a lot of people were excited about. They were interested to see how they would do it live on stage. Yeah, and I because this is before they do like did like Nemo down at uh, at, at Animal Kingdom, right? You always ask me questions that I have no idea. I assume it was. Um, I'm not sure when Nemo opened in Florida, but uh, the general consensus for the Little Mermaid on Broadway was meh, oh, which is unfortunate because. A lot of people love Little Mermaid as a film. Uh huh. And for it to not translate quite as well to stage, I, I'm sure was disappointing. It didn't burn up. They didn't burn up Broadway. It did not. You know, we've seen it a number of times of, as um, together, and I've talked about it numerous times on the podcast, but mm-hmm. not, I, not once was it my favorite. Yeah. But it's probably partially because you don't ever see like a really high production value of it, you know? Well, they did on Broadway. I'll give them that. Um, they had some interesting choices, but we're, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. We're going to talk about the little mermaid in general first, which was written in 1837. Oh, geez. 1837 by Mr. Hans Christian Anderson, who is very well known for his stories. So not Mr. Ashman, not Howard Ashman. No, <laughs> he did not write the little mermaid. He was not in 18, 18, what'd I you mean, say? 1837 oh. if he was alive back then he looked great that's crazy that was the original story huh okay. yeah uh and the original story is not very pleasant um oh. she figure. she did they ever write a good story back then everything was so upsetting well i think it was um 
before Disney, people were not afraid to say sometimes things turn out poorly. Right. Um, you know, the fairy tales were very dark. Thank um, things like that. Like fairy tales originally, the idea was to kind of prepare children for the dark things in the world wow. that's why there's always witches and spells and okay things like that okay and so i think hans christian anderson wrote this more as a tragic story not necessarily like a ooh, look how horrible life is but uh-huh. a little bit more of a a tragedy which a lot of people enjoy you know yeah um and so in in hans version of the book uh she gets to go and try to uh, get the prince to fall in love with her. Okay. And uh, nothing really gets in her way except he falls in love with somebody else. Oh. And so she dies and turns into sea foam. Sea foam. Yeah. And is is gone. Yeah. So Reba McIntyre has a song almost all about this. (laughs) <laughs> about about turning into sea foam no not that part of it oh about falling in love with another person and that person falls in love with somebody else like he's you know we're madly oh. in love it just happens not to be me yeah type of the story that's really upsetting it is so it's she cool. becomes a human being in the real story yes and then gets up there and starts and then he's like oh nope going with somebody else yes sad um and, and she's stuck with the legs and doesn't get to go see her family no more well she dies so yeah, yeah she doesn't get to see them anyway mm. um so when they pitched it for a film in the 80s at the walt disney company mm-hmm. uh he they altered the ending obviously and said well let's let's not have her die let's let's have this happen instead right um, and so they went ahead and made it and the rest is history. As far as we know, they, it was the beginning of the Disney Renaissance saved Disney animation for yeah. another few decades. It was a big deal of a film. Yeah, that's good. Um, so that was the ending we ended up with. They're like, no, we got to have him fall in love at the end. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a Disney ending. They're going to fall in love at uh-huh. the end for Thank sure. You. Thank you, Disney. Thank you, Disney. Um, fast forward, uh to probably about 2006 or so 2005 2006 uh thomas schumacher who was the head of disney theatrical at the time uh proposed that they make a broadway version of this film because we're like three or four broadway shows in now right right they've done really well with the lion king they did really well with beauty and the beast okay so they're like yeah, let's keep going with this. Uh-huh. Uh, and so they did. They originally brought in a person named Matthew Bourne to be the director, but he ended up leaving the project because their visions weren't aligning. He went go to the Bourne supremacy. He did. Yeah. No, don't don't make lies like that. <laughs> uh, so they bring in a director named Francesca Zambello. Oh, beautiful name. Beautiful name. Yeah, Apparently. Francesca. She had directed a quite a few operas up to this point. And so she had a very uh, dr- melodramatic almost eye for things. Mm. Uh, and the only thing that they said to her when they brought her on was like, we haven't figured out how to do water or swimming yet. So good mm. luck. Those would be two really big elements when doing The Little Mermaid on Broadway. Right, for sure. <laughs> um, 
But then they also brought in uh, Doug Wright to write the book, which is what they call ba- basically everything but the songs in a musical. Okay. It's called The Book. And he said that he wanted to focus not on the fact that she was in love with a prince, but that she was obsessed with a world in which she feels truly realized on her own terms. Okay. So it's not her being just like, I love this man. I'm in love with this man. I have to do everything for this man. It's more, I love the culture of... I feel so trapped by being under the water. Right. I like the culture up there. I feel like... I would be more fulfilled in a, in that, in that specific area. Yeah. Uh, And that's what they went for. They Um, did. They did. Okay. Yeah. uh, The musical itself, while it still pretty much follows the basic story of the Disney film, um, she has fewer songs about how she's in love with Eric and more of just like, look how great this world is. I'm so happy here. Okay. That kind of thing. I don't feel like those are the versions we've seen. They are. But yeah. you, I think you mentally check out. <laughs> oh. Okay. Like the songs are there. They add additional songs? They did. They added 10 additional songs written by Glenn Slater. Wow. Who came in and brought in 10 extra songs to this show. Wow. So, yeah. Um, they did decide finally on the sets, uh, being of like a translucent wavy kind of material so that when the lights hit it, it would give that kind of ripply effect. Oh, that's pretty of water. Um, and then to really date the show, they had all the actors wear Heelys, which (laughs) for those of you that don't remember were shoes that literally have a wheel in the heel of the shoe so if you take a couple steps and then kind of tilt back on the heel, you roll for a little ways. And I feel like those have been in every version we've ever seen. Have they been? I feel like I think it. we've seen a couple with rollerblades on. Okay, yeah. Uh, but I'm sure that there might. were some Heelys involved. Um, and luckily for the lead actress, Sierra Bogus, she was an ice skater. So she I didn't know that. had zero trouble with the Heelys, but... The rest of the cast definitely had to play catch up. <laughs> Poor things. Yeah, really. I feel like the versions that we've seen, you know, in our local productions and stuff. Right. Have been a lot of like what Disney put out on uh, Little Mermaid Live. Yeah. Uh, it was almost like that version on stage. Right. I feel like they cut the additional 10 songs. But we always, you know what it is though, too? I think we always see like the junior version of it. Yeah. The which, junior version cuts things down quite a bit. Uh, they take out Ursula only has her one song in the junior version, yeah. whereas in the full version she has like a full extra song and a couple. Oh, I would love reprises to see the and things. Then just to get an opinion of it. Sure, yeah, and it's it's a little bit extended for sure. And Ariel's songs are obviously a bit extended. Interesting. Um, and then to to finish out the fishy looks, they gave everybody a tail that was had like a an iron rod in it that kept it sticking like perpendicular out from the actor's back okay to kind of give it like a a swimming sounds so dangerous yeah um and originally they were going to have like motors in it so that it would like swing and they're like no (laughs) the motors are too loud too heavy it's just stupid right so we're not doing that Okay, um, that's so fair enough. The original cast was uh, Sierra Bogus as Ariel, 
Uh, she's very popular in musical theater, but po- probably most well known for being Christine Daae in Phantom in right. Vegas for a long time. She she was the one that was married to Andrew Lloyd Webber, right? Like the original Christine. No. Oops, that's Sarah Brightman. That's Sarah Brightman. Oh, so embarrassing. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> uh, Sierra Bogus is not old enough to be Sarah Brightman from the original cast of Phantom. So close. Uh, then Sean Palmer played Prince Eric. Norm Lewis played King Triton. Uh, we have returning to a Disney stage, Sherry Renee Scott as mm. Ursula, who we remember she was in a- Aida. Yeah. Uh, and Titus Burgess as Sebastian. Oh, that'd be fun. Um, and they oh, they did a pre-Broadway tryout in Denver in 2007. Things seemed to go pretty well. We did I bet bro- I've been to that theater before. Have you been? I bet. Oh. Uh, and then they did Broadway previews uh, November 3rd, 2007, and officially opened on January 10th, 2008. I'm trying to remember what show I saw that in, in that theater in Denver. It was with uh, Eartha Kitt and I think it was Cinderella, actually, and um, Debbie Gibson were in a production of, I think, Cinderella there. What version of Cinderella was that? I'll have to go back and Google. Was that Rodgers and Hammerstein's right, Cinderella? It was like, I don't remember. Huh. I'll have to go back and look. Very interesting. Whatever show it was. But I've been in the theater and it's fabulous. Oh, all right. And so is Eartha Kit. Did it work out well? Do you think it would work out well for fish swimming around in there? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> go all right. Place. We'll say yes. So how did the out-of-town tryouts go? Uh, the out-of-town and stuff went fine. They opened, like I said, on January 10th, 2008. And they closed August 30th, 2009. Oh. <gasps> No. After about 685 performances. No, that's like a Disney flop. It is a little bit of a Disney flop. Mm, I guess, yeah. Which is unfortunate because, like I said, The Little Mermaid was so instrumental in so many people's childhood to have it just close. That was 2008 though, right? There is a lot going on then. So I wonder if that impacted it at all, too. You know, that was like the downturn in the economy and blah, blah, blah. Sure. I mean, I'm sure there were issues. They also had to deal with the writer's strike during production and things Mm, like that. I bet. Um, And so, you know, there were issues, I'm sure. But you would think The Little Mermaid that like ran in theaters forever. Nonstop. Like they they had trouble getting it out of theaters because people wanted to see it so many times kind of movie. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah. Like That's... it just kept playing and playing and playing. Uh, for that to not translate well to the stage, I think was really surprising for a lot of people. Interesting. And a little disappointing, uh, you know, just for the company in general to go from such high highs to such low lows. Yeah. And outside of, how do you say your last name? Heidi Blickenstaff? Yes. Outside of her, like we, I haven't seen anybody else, but when her performance of Ursula is phenomenal. It's like, just so good. That is incredible. I can't, I just love it. We so gush much. about it every time we bring every it up. Every time. Every, <laughs> I will like purposely bring this back into conversation just to talk about <laughs> how much I love her and her, that performance of it. Yeah, she did great. Um, I can't, would love for her to get back into something sometime in the future because I can't wait to see her again on something. I don't know why, but... She's um, always running around trying things. Uh, I enjoy her too. She's uh, super fun. Um, and so I think uh, people in general were just kind of shocked at the closure more than anything. Like, oh, all right, I guess that's a thing, I suppose. 
Um, and I think that would be the end for the little mermaid on Broadway. However, Mm -hmm. uh, the show was reimagined in 2012 by a man named Glenn Casal. Okay. I'm not sure if that's how you say his name because he's Dutch. Oh, uh, and this was a production obviously in Holland that they were working on. Um, and they gave him, you know, some, some liberties with things. So he went through and changed some songs in the show, like rewrote completely new songs. Okay. Um, he decided he hated the wheelies. And uh-huh. so now they do, they did wire work. So the people that were swimming were actually floating around on stage. That's how you do it. That is how you do water on Broadway. And I 100% tried to find any Footage. video of this kind of production. Mm. And from what I can, you know, in my, little search i could not find any actual video of this production i found quite a few stills okay and could see what their production looked like but i haven't seen any video of it so i don't know if it just didn't run long enough or if people weren't as keen on recording things as they are here in the united states it was before we had it on our cell phones as as possibly we had we had limited storage back then we did (laughs) you couldn't hold a whole show on your flip phone um, but their look is very different in this Dutch production. Uh, fun. All the mermaids have almost like beehives, but they're like pointy. Okay. Uh, the set design looked incredible. Uh, the huge, the, the, what is Ariel's song? Part of your world. There we go. Ariel sings part of your world while sitting on the shoulder of this gigantic Greek statue. Oh, and then she like lifts up and she has like this long dress that looks like fins and stuff. It was very impressive. Gorgeous. Yeah, that's fantastic. Huh? And uh, how long did that one run? Uh, I didn't it didn't say, but apparently I didn't know this. The changes that he made to the production have been incorporated into the official version that Disney has. And when they license it now, they have those they have these, I guess, that as optional alternate things okay. in the script. So if the one thing that I, the main thing that I r- saw was that uh, Ursula has a song in the Broadway version called I Want the Good Times Back, mm-hmm. which is kind of a vaudevillian kind of song. And uh, in the Dutch version, they change her song to something. I think it was like Daddy's Little Girl or something like that. It was a different song. Oh. Um, So I think. Do they embrace the fact that they're supposed to be siblings? They do. Yeah. In the. See, this is why I'm surprised because it's in the American version, too, that they talk about how Ursula and Triton are brother and sister. Do you think it was in the book version? Were either one of those part of the book? I wonder. Uh, mm. I don't know. In the in the original Disney movie version, they thought about making that a relationship and just decided it wasn't essential to the story. Yeah. So they didn't put it in. But when you're trying to stretch it to a full Broadway show, I think you add those sort of things back in. And it does make sense. They do. They are two sides of the same coin in a lot of way, and they have the same powers and stuff. So I can see definitely right. where it comes from from people. I get well, it. and I always found it interesting in the in the stage version. Uh, Eric does not save Ariel; Ariel saves herself. 
I love that you look surprised at this because you keep complaining about the show and you don't even remember how it ends. <laughs> the versions we saw, like the live version on TV and stuff, and the stuff that we've seen. The it, live version on TV was just a concert version of the movie. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But the yeah, stage yeah, versions we've was. seen, um, what happens in the stage version, spoiler alert if you're not wanting to know, but uh, Triton has his trident mm-hmm. his three-pronged fork looking thing not the bubble gum i'm just kidding no not that uh and ursula has her shell which is the quote-unquote source of all her power which she uses to trap Urs- uh, to trap ariel's voice in yeah and there's a little hint in the first act that ariel's like oh yeah i've heard about it dad said that it's the source of all your power and you die without it and she's like oh no not nothing like that And then it gets to the end of the show and Ariel smashes the shell and that's what defeats Ursula at the end of the show. So again, it goes back to Eric being more of a side character and less of the hero. Sure. And more of Ariel being her own woman type of thing. It's, it's very, it's very now. It's very hip. (laughs) It's very with it. Everyone's on Heelys these days, of course. So <laughs> I dare you to try to find Heelys anywhere except Man, for Amazon. I've, I've been trying to find rollerblades and I can't find those anywhere. Well, not this year. Every, everybody sold out of everything. This yeah, year. that's true. But either way, the show didn't do great. The music's not bad. You can always find the album and listen to the music from it. It's not bad. Quick question, though. You saw a... Did you see production of this at the Outdoor Theater in Utah? At the I did. What was the name of that theater? The Tuacon? Tuacon. And you saw a version of it there? Yeah. And what year was that approximately-ish? Ooh, that's a good but question. But it was pretty recent. It was like, it was like 2012, I would say, 2013. I don't think it was even that recent. I think it was like an 09 or... 10 i okay. think interesting all right uh and that production was, that the, was great um it was, it was outdoors with bubbles on yeah they they had a sheet of water that they projected on mm. for the show oh. um yeah it That's was impressive amazing um, but you, it definitely was all the music from the broadway version there was no alterations in really it. yeah okay that would have been fun to see yeah I again I have not been able to find a any footage of the actual Dutch production. I listen to some of the music but I do not speak Dutch. So it sounds odd. Yeah. Obviously even though you know the words to the songs to hear Ariel sing Part of Your World in Dutch. Right. It's very weird. That's weird. um but you can find versions of it uh in English of people that have since licensed the show. Oh. And it does they do have changes in it. So well, good. So there's still time. They you can still it find it. It'll make it come back. Yeah. Okay, that's good. But uh, if you haven't seen it, I, I don't know who hasn't seen The Little Mermaid, but... If you haven't seen it on Broadway, if you have, well, yeah, too late. Yeah, it's too late for that. <laughs> but you can, like that's I said, too. you can find the music and listen to the album and, and get the general idea from that. But it's like I always say, don't underestimate the importance of body language. Follow my perfectly sculpted two-fingered point to the exit. If you enjoyed today's podcast, rate, review us on your favorite podcast app. And if you didn't, help us do better by buying a patch at DisneyPatch.com. Always be proud of what makes you unique. And we'll see you next time on the Obscure Disney Podcast.